0: This is pretty much the worst video ever made. Episode 138.
1: The moon with the Rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. Thirty minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so.
0: It's 30 minutes away. I'll I'll be there in 10 Is this a five minute argument or a full half hour?
2: You have 30 minutes to move your car, car. you have 30 minutes to move your cube, your cube.
1: You are listening to A Half Hour Wasted, taking on the evil of Comic-Cons one long box at a time. And now, here are your hosts, Brad, Frank, and Bill.
0: So in Mexico, it's not called Mexican food; it's just called food. That's good. That's yeah. a good point. That's Never a, really a thought point, about yeah. that. Hey, yeah.
3: tell us. Remember the
1: thing. What if you're you, like at a Taco Cabana
0: th- though? They don't have those in Mexico. No, it, it's it's just really
3: called, yeah. No, it's it's
0: called sandwich house there, or okay. sandwich hut. It's like the In and Out. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Dude, oh, you be, know what
3: I want you to hmm? talk about? Well, oh, no, no. What? I, I wish you, I
1: knew how to say In and Out in Spanish. So it you know, and maybe alto. put a punchline
3: on that one. The difference between burritos and tacos and chalupas <laughs>
0: yeah i mean it, it's a you know other than shape it's kind of all the same it's just meat beans lettuce tomato all in <laughs> all in tortillas all just it's all the same just in different shapes you know you, you can make the argument for italian a different as wrapping well, you know
3: you got your soft bread yeah yeah you got your stiff bread yeah okay um you got your sometimes it's fried bread but li- really, it's all the same <laughs> it's thing. It's all the same thing. So like really when I go to Taco Boy, I'm mm-hmm. like, what am I in the mood for? Am I in the mood for crunchy bread or chewy bread?
0: Or am I in the mood for a platter or a U shaped disc?
3: So you know? pretty
1: much it's uh, crunchy yellow or soft white. Yeah. It's how
2: like, do I actually Which one wanna, do you like? How
1: do I actually want to hold the food item? That's yeah. what it comes to. Do down I want to hold it like my hand is a plate? Or do no, I want to grab it like – You want tacos. What you want tacos on it. I've got the the answer. The objective, clear answer to this is that you want straight tacos and crunchy yellow corn tortilla wrappings. Mmm, mm, delicious. Really? You know, I've gotten to the point where uh, I do that with sandwiches too. Um, sandwiches? I, I don't I don't ever make a, like, you know, peanut butter and jelly, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, ham sandwich, whatever. Um, what I'll do is instead of putting two slices of bread, you know – juxtaposed against each other <laughs> it's in a $10 parallel word for a sandwich <laughs> to describe a sandwich. They're awfully Higa. big sandwiches. Bill Cosby um, used to do this. Well, I'll, about, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll I'll fold the thing in half like a taco. So I'll actually build little half sandwiches and then I'll, I'll eat them like, like, uh, like you would that, a taco. That's how I eat my tuna fish. I it's, call them tuna
0: tacos. Yeah. It's but then that.
1: Uh, no, of, that's, that's a Minnesota taco <laughs> Is What that is. It's totally different. Okay. Bill Cosby used to have yeah, this tuna, tuna fish and about, white bread,
3: um, how Americans can eat, Anything, if okay. <laughs> if they put it in between two pieces of bread, that's a good point. And it was like he went. He and his wife went to a French mm-hmm. restaurant, and one of them ordered like a a bird that still mm-hmm. had the feathers on it. Oh yeah, and you could see the beak. And he's like, "I'm not going to come to a French restaurant and spend you know hundred dollars and not eat it." So I asked the waiter for two pieces of bread, and he ate it, and then he had problems.
1: But yeah, I once ate um, a car gasket because it was in between two slices of bread. It's a little chewy, not that bad. Okay. We actually have
3: two guests on the phone. We'll get to them in a second, but I just noticed yeah, well, we're not done with our
1: comedy routines no. yet.
3: I just noticed one of one of them is twittering while. He's, what did he tweet? Well, I don't. I just saw it come up with his face. Wow. All right. All right. We'll Bust his, you know what about it later?
0: He's, but, uh, <laughs> no, he's probably going. I've been waiting. Hurry and do our sponsor, and let's get this going. All
3: right.
1: Who's our, our sponsor, bro?
3: I'm trying to find the, the new sponsor music. I'm tired of the old. It would have been
1: cool if we'd had at least an 800 number from calling on. Because, man, this is costing him money. Mm-hmm.
3: Cost- Every second him. he
1: waits on hold. We
3: called him. Oh. Do you know what this music is?
1: It's a little incubus. It's a, uh, a little instrumental. It's the mm-hmm. kind of incubus? music I like to
3: play when I walk in a room.
1: That's latest. It's
3: your theme song. This episode is hey, Are you going to see them? They've already played last one Sunday night, and I did not see them.
1: Oh. My bad.
3: Here, let's get a sponsor. It's a busy discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. You can order anything out of the previews catalog that comes out monthly. You get up to 40% off Marvel and DC Comics regularly. And they also have 50% specials, 75% specials. It's great. Easy to order. dcbservice.com. Get them sent right to your door uh, with no fuss and no muss. And I've actually got... A box on the way to me So I'm very me excited too. You should, well, What my- you
1: should do Is you should uh, You should get your order From DCBS And um, uh, Then you should go to uh, The LCS And just buy doubles Of everything You end up with Two of everything okay, you, you know linear. I kind of do
3: that With events anyway Like Flash Rebirth yeah. You know when it came out Last yeah. week I bought yeah, it which, which we to, talked about Last show To
1: yeah. paraphrase Steve Martin It's hard to wait It's hard It's hard to quit
3: um, So anyway Who do we got on the phone? We have Oh please let it be good Oh gosh
1: Oh dear.
3: David Hopkins, are Is you here? Uh,
1: hello? Brent
0: Schoonover, are you here?
2: I'm I'm the I'm here, but I can barely make out you guys. Now after the intro the uh got a little muffled.
0: Oh, oh dear. Okay.
2: Oh now you sound great.
0: Oh thank you very much. Okay. We try. Yeah. So,
2: Brent, how better. are you? you know, I guess you just didn't need David. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was odd
2: duck. oh hey. Duck out.
1: Sorry, Hello? hang on. There's severe weather on the way, apparently.
2: <laughs> Hello?
1: David, we lost you. There you are. Open your yeah. windows, but step away from them. Okay.
3: We're back. We're recording. Brent's on the phone. We've got David Hopkins, uh, local Dallas. Uh, do you live in Dallas or is Arlington, right? Arlington,
4: but yeah. Nobody knows Dallas. what Arlington is. I,
3: Actually, it's the home of the new Dallas Cowboys Stadium.
1: Arlington.
3: Arlington?
1: That's what I hear.
3: <laughs> and uh, David Hopkins is a local author. We've uh, met a few times. Of at, note.
1: Of note. And of, repute. Because I
3: wrote a note Good the other day. Good by the way. Not Th- Those repute. words
4: mean nothing. <laughs> 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 and then we've got calling something critically acclaimed what does that mean
3: <laughs> i have no idea i don't even know what i thought acclaim was a comic book company it yeah.
1: is what uh, depends are it you spelling it with k's or c's brent scoon over brent where do you live
2: i live in minneapolis or st paul really i don't i don't want to lie but uh Man, up a, here in minnesota
1: can wow. you hear that little child making a lot of noise uh-huh. in the back hey have you been listening uh since the start of the show
3: Actually, uh,
1: Mr. Schoonover, sir, yes, sir, Schoonover. Hey, uh, so can you verify for us, uh, is a Minnesota taco? In fact, a piece of white bread folded in half with uh, tuna fish in it.
2: <laughs> I believe so. I've never had one, but well, I am going to the state fair tomorrow. So nice. We'll, keep, keep we, we uh,
1: we'll look for uh, an audio tweet from you. Maybe <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, no, I heard uh, Garrison Keeler describe a Minnesota taco, um, I don't know, what twenty years ago and uh I I've never forgotten it. I just don't remember it.
2: Yeah. Well you, that you guy know that I will turn anything into something Minnesotan. Like yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure astronaut dad you know like he'll have something if you look at it and be like, "Oh, this is from Minnesota." i like, you know, the <laughs> well,
0: I, <so>. I, I <laughs> was about to ask you Brent, do you feel that that um, that Minnesota Garrison Station. Keeler is like your is the spokesman that nobody wants or do you think he's a good spokesman for Minnesota?
2: I think he's good. I really like him. I actually have gone to Prairie Home Companion live and it's uh, it is really fun and um uh Yeah, I don't know. I I think he's good. Um, Minnesotans love their celebrities anyway, though. I mean, like, we keep putting them in office, like... <laughs> uh, Far's been Far's been here for two weeks, and I'm sure he'll be like a county commissioner in like
3: a couple of years. So. Oh my gosh! So am I. An idiot? <laughs> Beautiful. Am I an idiot because I don't know who Garrison Keillor is? Uh, he oh, wow. he
0: does a show called Prairie Home Companion on NPR. Yeah. I heard of that? I yeah. thought it was a book. Actually, yeah. Well, oh, well, he's done several books. Too, and oh, they okay. made a movie. Out he's of an it author and, and stuff yeah. like oh, that. Oh, so
1: the movie. He's got a very he's got yeah. a very droll style of talking. very, very monotone, Midwestern. And very Midwestern. Very calm. Very peaceful. Yeah.
3: Yes. So we've got David and Brent with us. Um, David and Brent are the creators of Astronaut Dad, which was uh, what was the the company that published that, that first volume, guys?
4: A silent Devil.
3: Silent Devil. <clears throat> and uh, I met Brent back in back in Aunt five of the uh, yeah. back in Wizard World. He did a uh, dynamite Doctor Strange sketch in my sketchbook. Oh, I'm jealous. Has since done a uh, a dynamite uh, Superman sketch.
1: I've got a Doctor Strange uh, figurine sitting in front of me as we speak. You want to say
0: what he did for me, what Brent Skinner did for me? You Oh, cool. Uh, he did a Lisa Loeb for me, part of my Lisa Loeb uh, theme book. and
1: uh, I, mean, oh, I like it. It makes me tremendous. happy. Why would he draw Doctor Strange in your Lisa Loeb book, though? That's, <laughs> that that's, was the, that, that's very confusing. I'd have to do know. Brainiac 5, but I guess that wouldn't make any more sense either.
3: So, <laughs> so uh, David and Brent did Astronaut Dad... <laughs> Uh, a couple years ago, was it published in oh seven?
4: If you want it to um, be, I, I don't. I think oh seven. Yeah.
3: Okay. Well, I I can't remember exactly, but uh, the first the first book was great. I loved it. I was I kept bugging both of these guys for the second volume. Um, David, tell us. Give our listeners who don't know about Astronaut Dad, tell us. You know, just give us a a, a plot synopsis of what the story is about.
4: Well, uh, Astronaut Dad is the story of three families, uh, NASA families uh, living during the Cold War, early 1960s. And we find out that these astronauts who are reservists are actually part of a spy orbital program. But the entire story is really told from the perspective of the children who uh, discover this mystery about their parents.
3: And how did you hook up with with Brent? How did you find him?
4: Well, I believe Brent and I, well, we first met in San Diego, but we were emailing back and forth before then. Um, was it through the Viper connection, Brent?
2: Yeah, I had done some work with Viper um, yeah. comics. Uh, I did a short story in one of their anthology books for Ted at 17. And um, I had actually my first comic book horror would, that I did with my friend Brandon Terrell um, we had been pitching that around to a bunch of companies and Viper was one of them and they actually passed, but they'd given me an opportunity to work on a project that they were publishing and I did some work for it, but eventually it just didn't work out. But uh, through them and meeting people who were working with Viper as well um, through their forums, I met David and we started kind of emailing each other back and forth and he had sent me um, a mini comic he had done and I really liked it and uh, he sent me instantly after I told him what I thought of his mini-comic, the uh, script for Astronaut Dad. And I read it, and it, uh, I just loved it. It reminded me of one of my favorite TV shows, The Wonder Years, oh, uh, which yeah. was one of my favorite ones growing up, and uh, it just was different. I knew after doing horror what I kind of was looking for to do something different, um, and I, that, yeah, that was it.
4: Well, and I remember I asked you pretty early on if you wanted to illustrate it, but you were at the time kind of overwhelmed with some of the Horwood obligations and a few other things. So like all good writers, I just kind of sat lying and waiting until you were actually (laughs) free. And the moment you said you didn't have any work, I remember that was the time that I needed to jump forward and be like, hey, astronaut dad.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And it didn't help that we had a publisher who actually wanted it (laughs) um, before we even started it. Which was really nice because yeah. I mean I'd gone from Horrorwood where I'd have every door slammed in front of me twice and then eventually found Ape Entertainment. So to have like project before I'd even really started it, if I have a home was was pretty awesome. I like yeah, I, I like
3: Horrorwood, David. I mean, uh, thank you, man. I, I liked it a lot. I really liked it too. Are you, you going to do any more of that, or is that is that? Different?
2: I I really do. I, I love it. Like that's one of those things that I could I could see myself doing forever. Like it's just kind of in my wheelhouse of things that I grew up loving. I just um, got really burned out through self-publishing and stuff like that. And it's not, I'm not taking a stab at Ape. I really love Ape and stuff. But I just would, I can't, it's hard to balance those two things. And it was my first project. And so um, I don't know. I I see it coming back, but I I don't know how. Uh, Maybe an online comic or something. So we'll see.
0: In, you know um distribution always kind of seems to be a, an issue with with indie people um was that an issue you had with with harwood or was it um or was it or was it just trying trying to manage the project and have your day job at the same time
2: Well yeah it was a day job of you know I had a 9 to 5 job at a humane society while I was working on that and then um come home work on the comic and then also learning how to to deal with like diamond and stuff all that was kind of new to me at the same time as well so i mean you spend more time kind of trying to sell your comic and get the word out there as you do drawing it if not more and so it just was a lot to deal with and so i know i want to do more with that project i just know that i want it to be under different circumstances and it's just finding that perfect situation
3: Mm -hmm. so just to give the listeners a little background uh frank and i met Brent through the Comic Geek Speak podcast. Um yep. say again.
2: Yeah, I said yeah. We, yes. we I confirmed in case yes. they thought you were lying. <laughs> we
3: uh <laughs> we went to uh the super show, met Brent there, I've known him before, you know, but 'cause of you know, five. But um That's right. And then uh we had run into to David a few times at uh some a Dallas Comic Con a while back and um I went back and listened – Frank's actually interviewed David twice before on our show. Uh, I love talking to Frank. Oh, Thank no, Frank, you. Frank is – Frank's easy to talk to. Um, in fact, he should be doing most of the talk in this episode, but, you know, because I, I can't really form words that well. Oh, we're, the two of us really aren't that smart. Um. So anyway, Frank uh, – it was like, I have it written on my hand. Episode 48 was the Dallas Comic-Con. <laughs> there you go. Nice. And uh, 59 was the staple episode. Um, but at the Dallas Comic-Con, I was listening to, the, uh, to that episode the other day, and I wanted to play a, a just a little sound, bite, a little <laughs> sound bite from that, from that uh, episode. So uh, let's just listen to this real quick
4: and so there's something kind of fun about that size i don't know what it is but it fits really well in the hand and no it fits it fits perfectly i love i love those size i know some people are like
0: oh, i like the big size i love to be able to hold it take it put it in my bag and stuff like that
1: what were <laughs> you guys in ta- what were you guys talking about <laughs> well that i'll tell you off perfect. the air brad apparently it was shoplifting <laughs> no we were talking
0: that's about that's what i
4: got out
1: of it <laughs>
3: The size of see? the book. Yeah. No, we were actually talking about the size of Astronaut Dad. I thought it wasn't the size of the book, but
1: the way you wrote it.
3: <laughs> you went on, uh, David, to say that it um, – That's a good find, to, Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> you compared it to being uh, Archie Digest size? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, people could go back and listen to episode 48 if they want, but tell us why you, d- you decided to put it out at that size instead of like a
4: full-size comic. Well, Brent will have to double check me on this, but I'm pretty sure we didn't even expect that it was going to be as small as it turned out to be. We thought it was going to be a little no, bit larger. We <laughs> wow! Did they not send you guys <laughs> measurements?
2: I don't know if you I, you want to tell a story or if I you want me to. Uh, uh, about well, I
4: don't. Why don't you go with this one? Because yeah, we, we I don't know. Yeah, it just it was a little bit smaller than we thought it was, but we were happy with how it turned out.
1: That's amazing! Some kind of Reagan-esque October surprise there. huh? <laughs>
3: It was a well, it was a nice size and and it was easy you know I I literally could put it in my back pocket of yeah. my jeans you know and, um, and for those, and for those who I don't yeah, you can sneak it the class it that like, that's
2: perfect
1: um, and, and uh,
3: but just, we we
2: we were such we the goal was to get it in time for um, Wizard World Texas of oh seven and so we uh, we were kind of in a rush cutting it close with production yeah. and so the minute we first laid eye on it on it was the Friday of that show. We'd gotten it about wow. 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon and then ran over to the show as we were looking at them. I remember. at each other like, I didn't think it was going to look like this. <laughs> uh, it, it, like, it, cause we had some help with production to, to speed up the process to get them printed. So I had yeah. set some files up, but then they were kind of readjusted through the production people through Silent Devil, and, uh, and then bam. It was kind of cool, though, because... When you spend so much time looking at it, you know, after a while you just kind of become whatever, you know, you, you just can't. And so it, it really was cool to, one, see it for the first time in print, but then when a happy accident, I guess I would say, with that size, um, yeah, we were just really happy. turned
0: so, out. So it was kind of like a spinal tap situation where you saw it and you were <laughs> like – and then you suddenly start to, to go – no, this is actually a
3: good thing. Yeah, yeah. Like you left, left one of the hash marks off. <laughs> yeah, You know, instead of eight feet, it was eight inches yeah. or whatever.
1: Well, also little known fact they've had eight inkers die on them during this process.
3: <laughs> wow. Spontaneously <laughs> combusting. Boom. I think I remember, yep. um, uh, were both of you guys at, at Wizard World 07?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. We were at, we were at uh, Xenoscope's kids' table.
3: That's right, and then I remember you guys <laughs> even saying like, "I think what day did the book come in?"
2: I uh, think it was that yeah, Friday. Friday, that yeah. first day uh, of the show.
3: Was it Friday? For some reason, I was thinking it it didn't make it Friday, but it showed up Saturday or something like that. Or maybe you were afraid that it wasn't going to show up until Saturday.
2: But, oh, we, I was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, but uh, we got it there.
3: So when you guys. David, when you wrote that first volume, was there always a second volume in the back of your head? Did, y'all, did you just elect to, to publish the first half of the story? Um, what was the thought behind that?
4: Well, actually, it was originally conceived as just one complete graphic novel, but I broke it up into two volumes thinking that Brent might be more willing to go ahead with it. <laughs> if, if one volume came out, then there was a little bit of leeway before the second one came out. Um, but ultimately now we're looking to release it as a complete edition the way it was originally intended. But I know Brent can tell you, uh, having to kind of release it as a complete book, um, there's just a different approach than when you're having to do it like in a pamphlet format where it comes out a little bit more regularly.
3: You were kind enough to to send us... Preview links of uh, of the complete edition, and uh, yeah. I read it today, and it, I, I really enjoyed it reading it as a whole because I always wanted Volume Two. I remember seeing David like back uh, last year, but year before, no, it was last year at um, Cape, and I said, "Hey, when is Astronaut Dad Volume Two coming out?" And he's like, "Oh, it's going to be out anytime, anytime, you know." And then even in those <laughs> those other episodes, it was either forty eight or fifty nine. Uh, you said, and then we've got the second volume coming out this this fall or whatever. And of course it never happened. Tell us, tell us why that didn't happen.
4: <laughs> um, you well, tell him? <laughs> uh, the economy might've been part of it. Uh, well, I don't know, Brent, you can add to it, but I think part of it is, is when you're dealing with indie comics, the schedule is kind of at the whims of our jobs. And I'm fortunate in that I knocked out the first draft of that over the course of a summer break. And for the past year or so, I've just been, fine tuning it but in brent's situation you know you've got to pay some bills and so we just knew that it was going to be more important to getting it looking good and then once it finally came out no one would remember how long it took to finish the second half
0: yeah that that's always true once it's all out it's that's a great you, point you, you never remember the, the how long it took we've
4: had this discussion um just a few
1: we've had a discussion a few times in the last few months um it started the final crisis but <clears throat> just the idea that um you know like you said uh, uh you know who cares 10 20 years from now 30 years from now how long it took to get out it's just the fact that uh it was done the way the artist uh, wanted to uh, wanted to appear
2: yeah no yeah it it was um you know i feel really bad it's taken this long um i would love to have had it done sooner but uh 2008 for me was i cause i do free full-time freelance illustration work out of my house and so you would think oh well then you would have plenty of time to do it but the problem is, is You know, when you're kind of always looking for – when you're looking for work and when the work's not there, you got to spend more time, you know, either on lesser-paying jobs or whatever. So, Awake was really tough for me to get to a lot of comic book work because I felt like I was doing more illustration work for less money almost, so it just seemed like there wasn't enough time. So, the comic book stuff really took a hit. I really – it was frustrating, but um, thankfully in the last, you know – six or seven months I was able to kind of buckle down and, and finish the last volume. So
4: yeah. Um, now so talking, but, know, and now it's done now and
2: it'll be out. And like you said, yeah. I don't, I think over time people won't, you know, you know, that's think awesome.
1: About it. Hey, uh, how long does it take you to, uh, to do a, a page on average? I mean, do you, do you work in chunks? Do you try to put out a page here, a page there? Uh, do you just wait for inspiration to hit and knock out a whole chapter overnight or, or, you know, how, how fast, um, how fast is your process?
4: Well,
2: astronaut dad was interesting because um, I, my first book, Horrorwood, I, the one thing I, I had a problem with is I really hated the inks on that. I just I, inking is just not my favorite stage in the world, and so kind of got a little self-conscious about that. And uh, I decided to do all astronaut dad in the computer. I, I did like huh. almost loose thumbnails, okay. and then took those and went into the computer, and thinking that that was going to speed up the process, but it didn't. <laughs> actually, yeah. it, uh, it actually just allowed for me to tinker around more, I think, and uh, I liked doing it that way, um, so I was probably doing like a page a day, so it probably took me, it depends on what was on the page, too, So, but uh, it was still about the same, I guess, um, as maybe drawing and, or penciling and inking, uh, a regular, but like horror wood. but um, I don't know, I, after doing it, I enjoyed doing it, but uh, I don't know if I want to do it again a whole graphic novel, at least.
3: Wow. Is this new yeah. complete volume going to be the same size, the same dimensions as, as the first book that came out?
4: It uh, really depends on who the publisher is. Um, I have an agent uh, with Fine Print Literary, a guy named Brendan Deenan, and he is currently taking the book around to some different publishers and, some publishers have certain standards for their book sizes, and so we would kind of be at the whim of whatever their standard sizes are. If they're open to it, though, uh, we may end up printing it a little bit larger just because it's going to be a thicker book. And so that smaller pamphlet size may not translate as well to 160 pages. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I would like to keep it close to, if we have to, adjust the size. Uh, I'd yeah. like to keep it close to that. Um, just cause I, I, really did fall in love with the way that looked. And, uh, I think you're seeing a lot of books go in that format and, uh, I just think it fits really well.
3: Now, Frank, you said it was just a little smaller than digest size.
0: Oh, um, yeah. Well, what I wanted to say was that, you know, for our listeners who aren't quite sure what a digest is or digest yeah, yeah. size, that's, that's the size of those Archie books that, you know, are your checkout size. That's, that's the size we're talking about. And uh, yeah. I agree. It just it just feels really nice. I actually like smaller comic books like that, um, just because they're easy to carry and and you know they take up less room. And, you know and, and you know it doesn't work for every comic book, but for this one I thought it was it was really nice. And you know, it kind of sort of made me feel like a kid. Maybe I don't know. Like reading read those mm-hmm. those Archie books, just the way it felt and stuff. It felt good. And you know this this book it. The tone, you know, it has strange tones because it it has wonderment and it has sadness and it's and it has discovery and it yeah. has love and you know it's it's just all these interesting tones that I guess as a kid you kind of you kind of feel especially the wonderment when it comes to like you know spacemen and astronauts and things like I that. I
3: definitely related to a lot of what that kid was feeling at different points in the story, yeah. you know. <clears throat> the girl that's starting to pay attention to him or mm-hmm. looking through a telescope and seeing what's out there, yeah. you know, just you, going places you're not supposed to go. You know, you're not <laughs> supposed to go, but you're going to go anyway. You right. know, that, that whole yeah. type of, of growing up thing. It was, uh, I, I liked it a lot. I, re, I really did. And I was really glad to be able to read the whole thing at one time. Dave, well, thanks. Well, thanks. I think, uh, you're one of the
2: first few that we've actually had to get feedback yeah. from the whole thing. So it's kind of cool. I'm glad you digged it.
3: Um, I knew in my in my uh, I I interrupted. I think you were about to say something. No, go ahead. I I knew, you know, that you had done the first half of this book, uh, you know, a couple years ago, and then you started doing the second half. So I looked. I wonder. I was thinking to myself. I wonder if the first half of this book is the art's going to look a little different than the than the second half. Um, I I don't think. Let me say it this way: If it looked different, it didn't look a lot different. And I didn't even notice it just flowed nicely into the second half of the book. Um, I don't know if if you, that was a concern for you or 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 whatever. But I mean, I, the whole thing just felt like one complete thing to me. And it, it didn't I didn't see a difference. You know, I couldn't tell. Oh, they took a break to your break here. Or yeah, well,
1: maybe I wasn't paying enough attention, but I literally have no idea where the first book started in the second book or, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know where the break was between the two volumes. Was it uh, like chapter four or... Uh, chapter four was the, the first part of the second. At the beginning of the second? Yeah. Time? Okay. All right. Well, lucky guess.
2: Well, cool. That's awesome. I, uh, David actually pointed something out to me about the art that while I think I really appreciate and I'm really glad that that from people that haven't been, you know, seeing the book every day um, say that, that it looks pretty um, much like it, you know, fits fit, all together... Um, I guess, uh, for me, I think I've noticed in a few things is that the grays, the gray tone, I think I've kind of gotten a little better um, feel for it going to that one color. I feel like some parts in the first volume I feel like maybe I was trying to add too much, and I feel by the second volume you may notice certain spots where um, I'm managing it a little better. But uh, it might not be noticeable to a lot of people, but I think me and David noticed it.
1: Yeah, Now now that (laughs) you pointed out, I I know what you're talking about. I I like... uh, uh, you would use it for effects also um, uh, you you contour uh, actual shade areas uh, a little more truly i i guess uh, uh not that you weren 't doing that uh, to begin with but uh stuff like the uh the the slats uh you know through the uh the blinds yeah through the blinds uh, uh shadowing the face and stuff uh yeah yeah very very cool the way uh the way this process must have worked that 's really interesting
0: and Brent, for for our listeners okay. here because um you know the the book 's not widely released and stuff like that but Brent could you Describe in your words. Describe what the art looks like and what you were going for. What was your inspiration in putting putting together the book, and why does it look the way it looks?
2: Well, I'm glad that when, when you keep saying the uh, Archie digest, that um, one of my favorite illustrators of all time is Dan DiCarlo, who is an art was an Archie artist, and uh, I'm just I really have a thing for simplistic style. Um, almost an animated kind of feel. Um, a lot of artists that I think I was, I've was i been influenced by in some recent recenters, like Dan DiCarlo, um, even uh, Colleen Coover, Banana Sunday. Am I saying her name right, David? I don't want to. I think so. Yeah. Um, people like that, that just have like these really nice, great, simple style, like um, stuff like that. And then I think the key too for a lot of it was it's a period piece, but I didn't want to make it over, I didn't want to beat your head over it. Like, oh, this is the early 60s, you know? And so uh, I just wanted to keep it kind of simple. And I I don't know if I'm, I I don't know if you're, I'm explaining it the best, but uh, I guess those were kind of my influences and motivation when I was doing the art.
0: So maybe a, a simpler time, a simpler
1: style, maybe?
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Okay. I'm just curious. Um it uh I think it it's real subtle and it doesn't lend any kind of sinister feel to it. I just think it kind of uh it takes you a little while to uh to adjust, but uh did you use a lot of uh canted uh, uh Dutch angles um on purpose in this? It, it seems like uh um horwood was a little more straightforward art-wise. Um um you know, the way the angles were. Um uh here in uh
3: kind of has astronaut every dad every once in a while it kind of has like a 60s yeah like a batman series you know like thank one, you yeah yeah that that helps like the camera <laughs> that cameras are at a 45 degree angle or whatever
1: yeah and it's done to a, a right. really cool effect uh and i mean it, it seems that this is something you you're clearly doing on purpose here um uh, so is that something you know was was that part of the uh, uh was that part of the idea uh was there trying to you know get people off balance yeah, or anything think, that obvious or,
2: absolutely um, we didn't really do, like, I mean, if you notice, there's, uh, David specifically, when he made the script too, like, you'll notice there's not a lot of panels per page. Um, yeah. I think four, maybe five sometimes at the most. Yeah. Um, and then, there's very few times where we break panel. There's a couple times where, thematically, we specifically do it. Like, um, well, people won't know, but like, in the first part of the second chapter, the, the second book, I guess you'd say, um, you know, we do it. And, uh, but yeah, I didn't really. We just really wanted to have a nice, simple, simple, solid-looking book with, uh, like you said, the Dutch angles. That's just a small trick that you can use. But uh, like I said, we didn't want it. I didn't want the art to beat anything to beat over your head of like, ooh, this is sixties or ooh, look at this trick you know, like with yeah. panel layout and stuff. I just wanted to, it's a solid story, and I just really wanted to, you know, move the story forward with the, with the art. It's really as simple as that.
0: Uh, Brett, you, you know your, your style harkens to to a style that that I really admire. I love the the simple use of lines and stuff. I love how you can you can tell a story with minimal use of lines. How you can you know make Thank an you. expression with just very simple lines, and and I think that's you know you can put a lot of detail and stuff and tell a lot of story, but but to tell someone's emotion with just you know with using three lines instead of three hundred lines. I mean, I, I think that's you know that's amazing to me I, I love it when people can achieve that and you do it very well yeah i, I wish i knew well, how. thank to, you
1: I, I wish i knew how to explain this better um but uh it really feels almost like you're watching a 60s television show oh, i mean yeah. it, it really truly <laughs> looks directed you know um and and being a, a, a television director of some small repute you know, yeah I guess. <laughs> is that word again well, at least yeah, uh, you know, maybe in west plano um uh, yeah, I mean it absolutely. You know, you can feel the direction. You you can literally feel the eye getting dragged around the uh, the page. Um, uh, and it just it must have been really cool to have had such a good story to uh, to work with. Um, you know, where you can do you know you can really do a lot of storytelling uh, with uh, an economy of uh, economy of words. I mean, the the ideas are very powerful. And uh, you well, know, you're, uh, it's it's I a really partnership appreciate for that. sure.
2: Um, I I really I think me and David had a lot of conversations going on with the book. Yeah. And I mean, that was really what it was. I mean, it was everything about this, like, there wasn't anything that was supposed to be over the top, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, I tried to study up on, uh, the astronaut side of things and keep it, I wanted to keep it, you know, realistic. I did want to kind of give it my own element to so this, the way I like to draw, too. I didn't want everything to be super technical. Um, but at the same time, I guess going back to stuff, too, uh, it's funny because today I was looking at, uh, someone posted something that I didn't know, Todd McFarlane, was on Twitter. And I was like, oh, That's Todd it, McFarlane. And I hadn't looked at his art in forever. But when I was a kid, like, I loved his stuff, just really loved it. And I went and I looked back at his Twitter account, and I had a link to some work that he had recently done. And I just looked at it, and I'm like, you know, you know I'm, I'm not knocking him or anything like that, but that art is just, it, for whatever it was when I was a kid, it just doesn't do anything for me as much anymore. It's just because... Huh. It just—it seems like a lot of salad dressing on a drawing that you don't need anymore. To it, me, it doesn't yeah. help tell a story. <laughs> it, it, it was, it's, it's just like, like the music. Spider-Man story. Yeah, <laughs> it's like
1: the—the the first time I saw McFarlane draw Spider-Man, and you know, how many hours did he spend drawing the little part of the webbing that goes around <laughs> the webbing? And just like, I mean, the—the the detail was beautiful, but. Yeah, you know, it just, you know, it really like you said, it just it really seemed like a lot of uh, a lot of dressing. You know? Well,
0: I and and your taste changes as you grow up. I mean, music that you absolutely loved as a kid, as you get older, it just it doesn't it doesn't capture that emotion
1: anymore and you just you change.
3: Right. You don't you don't mature, I'm you just you. change. Except for Run-DMC, that
1: that always <laughs> gets to me. Yeah. yeah, but yeah I, I mean, there's all these things that are always true to your heart. It gets me right here. Yeah, but I can't listen to Air Supply anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's it, there there's certain like <laughs> certain ah, la, albums la, la, la. Certain albums when you, you were a kid. You, and dude's like, I love this album.
3: And <laughs> then you of, hear it. It's and very, very like, goop there. I mean, yeah, it kind of had a Jimmy Fallon feel to that. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> On the brand new Talk Show. On Half Hour Wasted. <laughs> talking about art. Talking about comics. Talking about individual <laughs> issues. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I
1: don't know where that came from.
3: Oh,
2: man. Uh. Um, <laughs> You were. I think more school. people heard that than they hear it on the Jimmy Fallon show. <laughs> hey, oh, we love hey. that. We love nice. that.
0: <laughs> no, actually, you may be telling the truth. Anyway, uh, well, tonight, I'd like to get up and just you know watch him try. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I follow great? Jimmy I, Fallon on Twitter. Hour,
1: does Half Hour wasted have more uh, viewers than uh, the late night? Absolutely uh, Jimmy not. Fallon,
3: listeners, maybe, but Jimmy
0: Fallon
1: right. has more
3: f- Twitter followers than Half Hour wasted does. Well, that's wrong. It's weird. Every day about 4, 4.35, something like that, yeah. I get a Twitter from Jimmy Fallon. It's basically, it's two Twitters. One is like the setup in a in a okay. monologue joke, okay. and then the second Twitter is like the punchline. <coughs> it's really weird
1: every day. Is this 4.30 we, Central Time? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, they, they shoot the, well, I guess Letterman at least used to shoot those at 5.30 um p.m uh eastern time obviously maybe he's just trying his so, monologue out before he actually does it I mean, yeah, I mean if he's if he's firing that thing off at four thirty, he's basically firing it off as he's getting ready mm-hmm. to step out you know um from behind the uh, the curtain and, and try his darndest to entertain people for yeah. an hour
0: yeah he does try hard yeah. he probably you know, has a
1: twitter assistant I, I don't mean to i don't mean to bag on jimmy fallon and boy aren't we off topic like that ever happens in this show <laughs> but uh yeah i like it well let, like let,
0: let, let me ask um um, Dave, Dave. Let's talk yeah. about your, your writing process. So, when you know beginning, middle, end, but but how does it how does it start with you? Like you you get the idea, but then do you let it germinate? Do you take notes? Do you come back to it in a week? I mean, how do you how do you start? How did astronaut dad come about?
4: Well, it, it really is different for every story because you know different stories kind of come about you know with a different process. Astronaut Dad started a long time ago, and a lot of it was um, me thinking about, I think originally I started wanting to do something that was going to be kind of like a spy kids adventure Cold War type thing, and at a certain point I realized that I wasn't really writing the story I wanted to write, I was just writing a story that I thought a larger comic book audience would like, which is you know spies and adventure and ray guns and robots and all that, and at a certain point I was like, you know what, this isn't the story. This is a story about a family, and I needed to really kind of remove all of those fantastic elements and kind of bring it back down to what the story was really about. And when I freed myself up to do that, the story actually came pretty quickly for me. I wrote the first draft in about a month, and um, after that, I printed it out and kind of let it sit for a few months because there was no artist anyway (laughs) at that time. And I then did a second rewrite on it where I actually, because I lost the digital files and all I had was the hard copy, I ended up hand-typing the entire thing over again. (laughs) Um, For my third draft, though, I got uh, my friends uh, Nunzio DeFilippis and Christina Weir. They write some stuff for Oni Press. And I basically made a deal with them that I'd help design their website if they'd help me edit it. And they came through, and both of them are absolute professionals, and they gave some really good feedback to kind of fine-tune it. And by that time, uh, Brent was working on it, so I kind of was putting together some last-minute notes and changes while he was working on his part. And so some stories don't usually have that amount of fine-tuning, but with Astronaut Dad, it really did. And uh, part of the goal was just talking about the number of panels per page and even the dialogue. I really wanted to create a very minimal story where we weren't trying to clutter it or pack it in with a lot of extraneous, unnecessary stuff. Because you know, we were really trying to kind of let the emotion of the story speak, and not all the side stuff. I guess all the extraneous details. That's, that's a good. It's
1: uh, a good way to describe that. It, it does seem yeah. like there's a lot of breathing room in this yeah. comic. You you don't you don't feel claustrophobic. Well, a lot know. of
3: times, <clears throat> a lot of the panels where the kids are just like yeah, looking at each other, or just kind of like. Looking up at the sky, or, yeah. or what? You don't need words because you can tell exactly what they're thinking and feeling.
1: Well, and there's still action is still expressed quite well. You know, I mean, it's not it's not one of those where you know the the more the more you know more typical comic strip where you see the, the two or three panels which are exactly the same. You know, to express the passage of time, and you know, you guys, uh, you guys don't fall back on that old uh, that old hoary cliche. Um, but I was, uh, I was kind of curious, uh, I'm sorry if we're, if we're zing zang and, you know, uh, if we're tacking, uh, a little bit much here, but that's my fault. Um, no, it's kind of uh, what we do. Well, I was, was wondering, uh, David, uh, <laughs> yeah. what kind of, uh, uh, what kind of input artistically do you, uh, give to an artist, uh, obviously specifically, uh, Brent here, um, you know, they, they say that, uh, Morrison, uh, Grant Morrison, darn near, uh, does little thumbnails and stuff for his artists, uh, um. Quietly and J.G. Jones, guys like that. Um, do you just have suggestions? Do you ever try to say, hey, I'd like to have you know, a nice uh, you know, profile and deep shadow? I was going to ask Nor-ish. the same question. Yeah. Like,
3: do you, page one, panel one, do you write all that out or do you, yeah. does Brent I mean, get
4: to decide that?
1: I mean, how much of it is, I guess, is, is Brent's uh, muse uh, versus your collaboration?
4: Um, I would like to think it's a pretty even collaboration, but I do a full script in which I do page and panel breakdowns. And I know know some people do more of a Hollywood script where they'll just write it like a screenplay and then pass it off to the artist and say, okay, you figure out how to break it down. But to me, I am a real stickler for the full script. I, I think that as a comic book writer, you need to be comfortable enough with the medium that you can figure out how many panels you want per page, and occasionally, and Brent can double check me on this, but I think there's only only three or four sequences in the entire book where I'm asking for a very specific layout as far as panels go. And it might be things like a repeated image of the rocket off to the left, or it might be that I want... Uh, Karen, when she's looking at the mirror, to kind of go across from the left to the right page and be part of the same image. Um, But for the most part, you you know, I trust Brent, and so a lot of it was just... I think the most notes that I gave going into it was just telling him, you know, that we want it to be real subtle, and I didn't want the emotion to be too over the top throughout. I wanted us to kind of pick our moments. But besides that, I think... The further we went along in the process, the less I nitpicked, except for that last page, which I'm sorry about, Brent. No. That's a okay. bad workout. Hey, Brent, did, Brent, did you ever have to? It's t- just a picture of a no, 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 don't can. Don't say it. it. No, no, don't you. you don't want to ruin the ending, oh. but But Brent did have to redraw it. I'm sorry. No, he's not talking about the can of tuna. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's
3: a
1: picture of a can of tuna on black. I mean, what's the big deal? You
3: mean you're not talking about the you're not talking about the big giant robot, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that says I want revenge on Earth. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yep. That was it. Yeah. And Brent, the zombies that came out of the ground too. We, Brent we want you, to beat everybody's head over it, but we, we saved it to the end. Yeah. Subtle.
0: Oh, Brent, oh did you have no, I, to I, say,
2: uh, Brandon go ever? back on? I guess my two cents on that question about uh, with David is, um, I mean, I haven't done a lot of comics, so I can't really sit there and say this is what it's usually like, but. David could really be an, an editor, I really think. And I think he will be one sometime down the road. In my, um, he's got a good eye. He's got good um, artistic sensibilities and, he you knows composition. He didn't give me, um, you know, like, I want it this way, this way, and that way. But there were a lot of pages where, um, and you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, I'm, I'm a master yet or anything like that. But, I mean, I had my own ideas. And, you know, sometimes maybe you're, you don't think about it you know, the best way or every way possible. And he had a couple of pages. We did end up kind of redoing some of them at the panels. And it usually was better, which is kind of funny to say that the writer, you know, had the better panel layout ideas, um, but he just got a good eye for that stuff. And um, so, yeah, and this it, it too, like for some reason, I, I just really wanted this to, to be as good as look as good as what David hoped it to be like. So um, I know it was his baby and, I just love the story, and I just wanted to hit a home run with
1: it. So. I, I, I agree. Just I, I, without giving anything away, I just the the ending of this was just satisfying. I mean, it just it just felt good. Yeah, you know, um, oh, good. I, I don't want to you know go into what emotional responses I might have had because you know I don't want to spoil anything. But yeah, I just I you know for anybody out there who's thinking about um, you know finding this uh, when it becomes available. Um yeah yeah go ahead and go ahead and take a chance on this uh ladies and gentlemen. Um you know, I'm I'm not a big indie comic guy either. Uh, Brad and Frank know that uh, that I'm the uh, I'm the Marvel DC guy. You know, I, I almost never ever ever venture, you know, off that uh reservation, but uh but this was uh this was was a, a fine read and uh You'll get you know, that passport someday. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, maybe as soon as I get rid of my tuberculosis, they'll let me <laughs> out of the country, huh?
3: <laughs> hey, um,
0: you know, Dave, I, I wanted to ask you about it because you you had mentioned earlier about getting feedback on your on your script and criticism and stuff, and I, and I was wondering, yeah. you know, being being a writer, being a creative person, and stuff like that, and you know, I have to do some writing uh, for what I do for a living too, and it's and it so, sometimes it hurts to get that that criticism, or it, it's hard to take it sometimes. I mean, how do you handle it?
4: Well, and I think this is one thing that I'm really kind of stickler about is I don't just let anybody give me feedback either. Um, It's not like I just post my stuff online and then I'm like, okay, tell me what everyone thinks about it. Usually if I'm coming to someone for feedback, they're people who I really trust, you know, and so, you know, if I get Nunzio and Christina to look at my script, these are people who are, you know, really, really good writers. And so when they tell me something, you know, I understand that they're bringing Uh, a few years of experience to the table that I don't have. And so I'm more willing to be open to that advice. But sometimes, you know, I have to look at this and say, you know what, this is some feedback that they gave, but they're not seeing the big picture. And I may need to stick to this one thing because it, it, it fulfills a later obligation. So I don't know, for me, the trick is, I think I just have to really trust the people that are editing because, you know, I wouldn't just let anyone illustrate what I'm working on, you know, I go and get someone as awesome as Brent to do it and then I trust them. And likewise with editing, you just don't want anyone throwing in their opinions because you want to trust the people that you're, you're having good feedback.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's wow. actually, that, that. yeah, I, I, I guess I've never really thought of it that way that the people who are giving you feedback usually have more experience and stuff like that. Cause I come to that sometimes. No, I'll, I'll come across something. I'm particularly proud of and yeah. then you know
3: my boss and then i'll own. tell him it sucks and yeah. he's like what do you know and i'm like i've been in the business as long
1: as you have the biz hey can Air i ask, can i ask the dumb question of the night yeah i mean we sure. I, I guess we we probably need to have this sponsored as often as i uh, do this but uh um when uh, uh when you turn over to the editors um they turn it back over to you i'm guessing and you do a third fourth eighth 18th draft i'm guessing and yeah. there's there's never a situation where you send to the editor, and they go, okay, we're going to publish it now. And you go, well, what would you
4: keep in? No, because I – we don't have anyone working in between me and Brent. Okay. Uh, and so what we sent to the editor, or at least in the case of Silent Devil, what we sent to Christian was what Brent had already done. And so, you know, if there was an editor in between that was kind of doing a go-between, then it may have changed things. But otherwise, it was oh. just Brent and I – Now. Depending on who we get as, as our new publisher, that might change. But I think that uh, for the most part, we've really just kind of kept the conversation between us.
3: So what, yeah, that's your next step is to find a publisher for this, isn't it?
4: <laughs> Once again, yeah. <laughs> it was use, so easy the first time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you're and you're using yeah. your agent to kind of kind of help you out with that. I mean, um, can you talk about? I'd like
2: the, to say too that it's not. Uh, anything with uh, Christian at all in Silent Devil. No. I hope people don't think that like we took the book away from them or anything like that.
4: Oh, yeah, okay. I, I'd be happy to talk about that. Um, what had happened is, is Silent Devil, um, because Christian had some really cool opportunities in Hollywood, he's working with Kingdom Comics, which is a division of Disney, and so he's doing some really great studio work there. As a result, his work at Silent Devil... Uh, has kind of toned down a bit. They're not gone, but they're not actively publishing any new material. So as a result, you know, Astronaut Dad was one of the last books that they published. Um, The numbers were low, and one of the reasons why was just kind of the nature of distribution and indie comics and all of that. We decided, though, with the second book that, um, you know, we had an opportunity with the agent to find a larger publisher, which means a larger audience. We approached Christian about it, and Christian was really cool about that. He was, you know, I think partially because, you know, anytime you publish indie comics, it's a financial risk for the publisher. So I think, you know, taking that burden off of his shoulders, I think he would have been happy to publish the second book, but I think it's kind of better for everyone that we're trying to find a, a larger publisher for this next round. Okay. Is there
1: something in particular uh, you look, at, uh, look for out of a uh, uh, larger publisher? Is there a, uh, is it is it distribution? Is it uh, marketing, advertising? Uh, is there something in particular that uh, the the bigger publisher uh, good uh, snacks? Gives
4: to you? Maybe they have the best snacks. Yeah,
1: yeah, craft services.
4: We haven't had really a chance to, to look soda. at too many options. Yeah, just soda. <laughs> I think what we're looking for. I think what yeah. we're really looking for is is distribution, but I think we're also looking for uh, not only comic book. Store distribution, although we we really want that, but we're also just looking for like regular book market distribution, um, you know, yeah. something that could be at a Barnes and Noble or a Borders or a mom and pop bookstore.
0: Kind of like a blankets maybe or um.
4: That would be wonderful. Blankets, yeah, blankets.
0: A <laughs> yeah. uh, the heck is a blanket? That blankets. was an indie book uh, a while back. That uh, oh, okay. I see it in that... Barnes and Noble all the time. Okay. Is it...
3: All I don't right. want to say his name if it's wrong. Is it Alex Robinson? Mm-hmm. That did no, blankets? that's not Alex. That's not Alex Robinson. Alex Ross, you did too Ross, go- too Regas. cool
0: to be cool. Too Done. cool to be forgotten. Who did
3: blankets? Which was an awesome Craig though. Thompson. Craig. Okay. okay, I'm getting my indies mixed up. Cool. Yeah, you know, I'll confess, I'm not a huge a huge indie guy either. But and uh, I would credit my expansion of the mind as far as indie books. Uh, I would credit that to the CGS guys. They um, yeah. have been really uh, instrumental in, in my deciding to branch out a bit. You know, I the one of the very first Book of the Month episodes that they ever did was The Walking Dead, Volume 1, and I heard them talking about it, and I'm like, wow, it's not Marvel or DC, I don't care, and it's black and white, <laughs> why in the world would I ever want to read this? And That's then, where like, I'm at, man. <laughs> and then one day, I read Walking Dead, and now it's like one of my top three books. Yeah, you know? it's a great
4: series.
1: Yeah, Brad yeah. Brad drools over the Walking Dead stuff. There's no doubt.
2: I absolutely like love it. Sounds like it's going to be a TV show now. I know. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's, a, that's that AMC, like, Was it
3: AMC? I think it was. Yeah, yep. I, think I think
1: it was you're AMC. AMC. So that's cool. You're gonna, you'll see Mad Men and then uh, Walking Dead following after that. huh? I'm, I'm hoping they the kind of...
2: perfect night for me, really.
3: <laughs> that'd be pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that'd be cool if they could do that. Not like a black and white TV show like, right. the, like the comic is, but kind of like a washed out... Exactly. Like the color and...
1: Terminator Salvation.
3: Yeah, no, it was real yep. washed yep. gray. You could tell the color was there. I think it'd look really good that way. Well,
1: mm-hmm. just yeah, they you just suck a bunch of chrominance out of that picture mm-hmm. and just you know, I mean, it's, it's you know, the, you see a lot of the, that uh, that effect, you know, that that washing effect, and and I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily know that you're gonna have you know all the all the whites or shimmering and you know all that, but just to really knock the color down and yeah, kind of give dial you the that chroma down yeah, a little bit. Absolutely, that's all it takes, yep. man.
0: Now, now, what about digital distribution for this book? Because that's that's kind of the the big buzzword right now. Is that you know everything, digital distribution, Comixology,
3: everything. long, long yeah. boxes coming out? Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, have have gonna... you guys? I mean, is that up to uh, the the person you end up signing with? I mean, is that a possibility for the book? Is that something you want to see?
4: Uh, I think it's probably up to the publisher, whoever we sign with. But I don't think we're opposed to that. But I I would definitely feel a little bit defeated if it didn't end up in print form of some sort.
1: Of course.
3: I would like nothing more than to have this book, this whole six part book as, as a nice hardback. Yeah. I literally nice, yeah. would Me like. I, I'd
1: love love to have a, a a nice hardback. Yeah. Now, one thing I've I've been thinking now for the last oh, I don't know, few months, a year maybe is, uh, you know, they say you know, how's the newspaper industry going to survive? And and the answer is, it's going to survive with Kindle type technologies. You know, where you can, you know, something that that's. Something that's easy enough on the eyes that you can enjoy, you know, looking at it and reading stuff. Something that's big enough, you know, that you're not squinting, you know, not trying to, you know, watch a movie on an iPod. You as know, soon as they make a, a but, eight x eleven color yeah, Kindle, I exactly. am so there. And, and that's the, I think that's, you know, that they're wondering what's going to save the newspaper industry. I think that will save the newspaper industry. And I, I luckily, I, I honestly don't know if comics, you know, comic books, you know, in toto are hurting or doing well. I mean, obviously the prices are going up. And the art and the the pictures get better. Uh, it seems like every year, um, but uh, the day that uh, the day that those things can be transferred digitally, you know, you're, you're wandering through you know Washington Park up in New York City or Golden Gate Park on on you know the other coast, and um, you know you can just you can pluck this issue out of the sky, you know, and you can read it right there, and you've got a you know I mean that that I think is something that that might uh, you know if, if not save the industry. Uh, um, you know, it, it could really, you know, push it back, uh, you know, towards the mainstream at least. And so I just, I wonder, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start asking this question of, of artists uh, that we have on um, that, you know, what, what do you guys think the other uh, future might be as far as that kind of digital transmission? But I guess you kind of already answered the question.
4: Right, Brad, what I do I think? think you're
2: seeing it a little bit. I, I think Josh Fialkoff is actually doing a, his new book is um, – Tumor, I believe, is being released. I don't it's know. Not it's not a, a tumor. I think it might be the Kindle.
4: Yeah.
1: Wow. Kindle ready, huh? Well, mm-hmm. I,
0: you know, and 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 with that, you know, there, there's an immediacy. I mean, you get the book or you get the news when it happens. You know, maybe yeah. it'll be a scripture, subscription service. I don't know, but oh, it's, no. it's it's just it's kind of interesting and exciting. It's just waiting for that hardware. To catch up to everyone yeah. will accept it i mean I've look never, at the ipod i've because, never
1: had one in my hand can the kindle uh can the kindle do uh gray scales or is it just black or no it can't do grayscale. so yeah. you could do i mean you, you could put a, a, you could mm. do a black and white
0: it, it's not quite there yet it can do grayscales, but it's not there yet i mean okay. it just doesn't look
1: that good all right so i've 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 to this day i've still never held one of those in my hands uh they just sound yeah. cool
4: I think we're probably one generation away from it being comic ready. Yeah,
1: yeah. we now, used of course, to work yeah. with a guy named Kindle. Yeah, now back in the day—that's <laughs> true. Back yeah. in the day, a generation was twenty years. You know, back when we were growing <laughs> up. Uh, nowadays, what do you think a generation is? Five years? Ten years? No, a generation is a year and a half in computer oh, yeah. terms. Okay, <laughs> a
0: generation is it's literally it's a year and a half. It's eighteen months. Okay. I think, now I now I, think I want.
2: you right. I think or, generation gaps are getting less and less. Yeah. I, I, My no, it's kind of funny, but I, I mean. Uh, I think even for me, like I look at, I graduated college in 2002 and I look at the kids who graduated even in like 06 and, uh, there's just a night and day difference between, I guess, you know, their technology
4: that they were used to having.
1: Wow. Hey, try graduating in 1992.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather not. I'll live longer. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Yeah. You graduated <laughs> I got,
1: in 92? I got one foot in the grave, dude you graduated college in
3: 92. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. thinking high school. Well, like no, actually, 92. I guess
1: it was I'm sorry, it was 91, but you know, hey, close enough. I you know. said so the the years uh the years whiz by once you get to uh to this age.
3: Okay. Well, um I know that there were we're going to have to wrap up soon because it's getting close to my bedtime, but um Aww. I know that there were several other things that the David has has written. One of them was Karma Incorporated. I bought that first volume uh a couple, couple weeks ago at uh, Dallas Con, and uh, it was really fun. I liked it a lot. My 15 year old, well, almost 15 year old. Oh my gosh, she'll be 15 in, in about three weeks. Yay! Wow. <clears throat> um, she she read it. and She liked it. Um, Good. I'm looking forward to to seeing those uh those uh sketch cards that Brent's been. Do- You've been doing some Spider Man sketch cards recently, right? Have you posted those up yet? I or have. have I missed Have I missed those online?
2: Uh, no, I haven't been able to post, uh, like detailed shots, but, uh, when I do, I'll you know. But, yeah, it's, um, I do, a, I've been doing a lot of those in the last couple of years, usually through, like, Upper Deck or Tops. Um, but they, they usually have Marvel properties or Lucas properties. And, um, I've kind of been burned out on them, but I just, there's Spider Man set. I, I was, I'm a huge Spider Man fan, so I, I had to, couldn't pass this one up, so um did 150 of them which were a lot of fun
3: sweet wow can you see those on your yeah. website you like can, the stuff yeah. you've been doing yep, the last I'll be couple posting years them here
4: soon so and even Brent's though- <laughs> a lot better with his blog than i am with mine
3: <laughs> brent's uh brent's website is uh com. is that right yep and david's is antihero comics.com is that right
4: Yep, unfortunately, DavidHopkins.com belongs to somebody else.
3: Oh, who does it belong uh, to? Do you know? I bet it's some guy named David Hopkins. David
4: Hopkins. <laughs> it, it is, and it's not even. Wait, it's wait, like wait let me guess. Is it real estate?
3: Is it real estate?
1: No, <laughs>
3: I'm gonna no, look it you, up
4: right now.
1: Okay, I okay. it, it, It's me. I, I own. I own the domain name. <laughs> He'd be willing to sell it to you. I was waiting for a big payoff. I was uh, I was expecting David to to just make it mega big, and uh, then I was going to just absolutely ransom him.
0: Harbor Vacation Island, 2008, fishing rocket. <laughs> I'm looking at David Hop. The Hopkins family are in the middle of a vacation adventure. We have discovered an island teeming with tons
3: of life. Is this be- like some personal website? Yeah, but this, is, this is it?
0: this is this is not Dave Hopkins the writer. This is the guy who owns Dave Hopkins. That's by okay. Mind. It's just yeah. it's just some guy who with his Hopkins. vacation photos.
3: Net. Yeah, I'm gonna go register uh, b.scooney.com. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> register. <laughs> I'm gonna register d.hopkins. D-hop. I'm gonna register yeah d.hop <laughs> d.hop.com. Oh, you
0: need to be d.hop. David, oh, come on. And it's,
4: it's hey, going the whole, back.
1: yeah. The whole point of the internet age is to uh, make it as simple as possible for the dumb people. So uh, you know, yeah. yeah. I think you should go d.hop. That could be your. Give you some street cred too. I love D Hop. Oh, yeah. awesome.
3: The D Hop man, they are proud of their orange juice. Yeah. It's like five dollars for a glass of orange juice. at the
1: D Hop. It's like, uh, it's like in uh, Pulp Fiction. It's like that uh, for five bucks. That better be uh, some darn good orange juice.
4: Yeah. No, for me though, D Hop, I can't pull off like the hip hop name. It would be ironic, and I can't really do irony either. So, uh, but that's, that's too bad. Hey, yeah. Hey, can we can we call you D Hop? You know, you wouldn't be the first person to call me D-Hop, so go for it. But, D-Hop, do you smoke a pipe? Um, I just gesture with the pipe. I don't actually smoke one. Yeah, because one. You, got okay. the tweed, you got the
0: tweed jacket going, David. I mean, you got, you got, you got the look, baby. His I Skype love. picture
4: right here
3: shows him with a pipe.
4: Yeah, he pulled a Will just, Smith with that thing.
3: Yeah.
2: Just for the look, I don't, I don't buy it. Just for the look, I don't buy
1: it. Yeah, there you go. And the cup that says yeah.
3: kiss the author. That's nice. All right, guys. Well, I'm um, very uh, thankful that you guys could join us tonight. Um, no doubt. For some Thank time, you. I had almost convinced myself that Brent had been on the show before, but I wanted never. to get Brent on the show. And so, ah. in my muddled mind, that meant he'd been on the show. And I searched for 30 minutes. So I was looking, I wasted half an hour looking for the episode yeah. that Brent was on. And then I thought, <laughs> wait a minute, he's never been on. It was David that's been on twice before. Yes. He joined the Three Timers oh. Club.
4: Yay! Hat That's
3: trick. Well,
4: it um, was a good first time.
3: Oh, I'm glad, glad we were able to get you on, and um, thank you guys for both being able to do this. Um, look forward to seeing you in March, Brent.
2: Yeah. Yep.
3: Hey, uh, is your wife? Is your wife going to be there?
2: I think so. Will um, she, she bring some DVDs? She, you know, she should know what she's got going on. So, but uh, I will be there for sure, and uh, uh, it's going to be a good time. I had a blast at the last Super Show, so. Uh,
3: and he I did some. He did some cool sketches on like brown paper sacks that were just awesome. Oh, sweet. They were real I, mean, I don't know what it was about that but it just They're
2: comic book store bags. I just take I take them from my comic book store and Oh, that's
3: <laughs> awesome.
0: Oh, okay. You know, what? one very cool thing about about your wife, Brent, is that, you know, most girls would kind of huff and puff about having to sit sit back at a, at a con all day. But your wife was just there. She was having a good time. She brought her movies. What was she watching? She was watching 90210, wasn't <laughs> she? She was watching she? 90210. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and she was having a good time. And she was just like, hey, this is what I'm going
3: to do. I'm fine. Nice. Hey, Brent. <laughs> so,
2: hey, Brent. No, she enjoys going to them.
3: Yeah. Brent.
2: Your wife's yes. pretty hot, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, pretty lucky, wow. so, I love well, you know those, said so. so
3: those no. Midwestern Somebody
2: girls are all like really good bar, looking. So so.
3: I, you know that wasn't me that actually said that, right? I don't want to cause any problems.
2: <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> that was Carl.
3: That was Carl from Aquatine Hunger Force.
2: Oh, okay. Well, he drops. Your wife's in pretty hot, man.
3: Carl drops in every once in a while.
1: Yeah. It's like the uh, the dude that you sit outside the fake window on the Tom Green show.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Well, guys, it is wonderful having you on. We do we do need to move on stuff, but you're always welcome. And guys, please check out their websites. We'll put it on our uh, show notes for you. But uh, but David and uh, and Brent, thank you so much for coming on, and good luck with the book. And no I know it's going to be a huge success. Go, American Dad. No, Astronaut <laughs> Dad. <laughs>
3: American- <laughs> he, he was watching the TV. Okay, so the sorry. TV's on in the
1: other room, and it distracted him. <laughs> I've got cartoons in the go brain. Go, Dad. Sorry.
3: <laughs> be,
0: be sure to check out Anglo yeah. Dad coming yeah. to Oh, Earth yeah. Thursday and air also,
1: air air. yeah, go uh, Astronaut Dad, too. Cosmonaut yes. Dad. Yes.
3: That's
4: the Russian version. Cosmonauts.
1: How do you say
3: dad in Russian? Uh, da. F- da. Huh? Cosmonaut oh. da. Anyway, you know Arnold Schwarzenegger's on uh, Twitter? No. It's just Schwarzenegger. You can follow you... him at Schwarzenegger on, wow. tw- on Twitter. We need more money.
1: I hate help that, with the. That, uh,
3: it's not crazy. a drama.
1: I hate that whole the whole thing of uh, one word celebrities. Yeah, it's like people like D words. That guy's a jerk. No, D hop, <laughs> D hop. That's awesome because that's like got an underscore in it or something, but um, yeah, or a hyphen.
0: All
1: but, right, uh, guys. Right, cool.
2: All right, ladies and gentlemen, have a great night. Thanks for having us on.
1: You sure. sure. uh, too. Th- Thank you, fellas. Well, best guys, of luck.
3: Please give us some advance warning when you guys know it the complete book's going to be published because I want to
1: pre-order that sucker. And tell us about Lisa Lobe
0: when she comes out. Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Frank's
1: (laughs) under the table now. I don't know what's going on. All
3: right. Good night, guys. Good night. Okay. I'm
1: just I'm sitting here looking at my uh, my Doctor Strange uh-huh. uh, lead cast diecast lead figurine whatever uh-huh. that is the one that Sage has absolutely destroyed. Mm-hmm. I saw him literally throwing it against the wall one day. I, I come out in the living room and he's just he's just gouging holes in, in, in the 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 wooden uh, finish of our uh, living room walls and, and Doctor Strange has got paint chipped off everywhere. But I'm looking at the bottom and it's apparently this is six thousand six hundred seventy of how many I don't know, but uh, on the bottom it says uh, three lines. It says Doctor Strange. And it says Doctor Strange with the K, and it says Doctor Estrano. <laughs> <laughs> what is that's that? a napt thing too.
3: It Does that really do the same thing? I don't know why. That just cracked me up. Apparently, just... you say <laughs> apparently you say Hawkman the same way in all languages. Okay. okay. Oh, that's and that's a cool little difference
1: between DC and Marvel. I guess. And I guess cool. Did you and get
3: this at Zeus? Right? Yeah. I and thought I guess about, that's art.
1: I almost I almost <laughs> got a Hawkeye um, because Hawkeye and and uh, Doctor Strange both awesome and are in the same universe. They could theoretically be, they could be in a scene with each other. You know, I could build a scene of those guys.
3: Wait, say that again. I thought okay. about actually, you Hawkeye know what? And Dr. Strange. Oh, oh I'm they, sorry. They have been in the new Avengers, except it wasn't Hawkeye. It was Ronan. Yeah. It was still Clint Barton.
1: Yeah. But, um, uh, well, they also had a Nighthawk, which I thought was really cool. If it'd been the classic Nighthawk costume instead of the one that, uh, that they kind of, um, they kind of tricked it up and, and they had the, the red, the, or the yellow stripe over the top of his head. I thought that was kind of dorky. Um, but I thought to myself, Doctor Strange and Nighthawk, I could build like, a, I could get like my uh, little Defenders uh, um, uh, diorama? scene, diorama. Yes, Just get
3: you. one of Zoe's Ken dolls. Yeah. Put some skivvies on him. It could be Submariner. Oh, okay. Or yeah. I was
1: thinking uh, um, paint him green. Yeah. Be the Hulk. Yeah. The skinny shred, Hulk. Up, shred up some uh, purple pants for him.
0: Skinny Hulk.
1: Yeah. Was he's cool. the skulk yeah well those guys were really <laughs> no, that's cool David man banner actually yeah i don't know about you guys but uh but i had a good time with that and uh i knew um less about uh those two gentlemen than uh, than i wish i'd known um
3: i really liked that astronaut dad story for some you know, reason I that think, was really cool i think it, part of it is because i always wanted to be an astronaut when i was a kid
0: and you know what brad it's it's very easy to read you could hand that off to anybody yeah. If they've never read a comic book before, yeah. and just and they could they go, oh, is this what comic books are about? Because that's very easy to read. And, and, and when like, I say easy, I mean um,
3: it flows well. It there's no history, and you like just... you said, they're also visually it's easy to look at. Yeah. it's not distracting. There's not too much going on. One
1: like one of you already mentioned it, but it, it just the it flows really well. Again, the 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 writing leaves a lot of room for breathing, and you just don't ever feel real constricted. The art. Um, just flows real well. It's very simple, but uh, but the the direction of the uh, uh, of the images is, uh, is is fairly advanced. And uh, um, you could sit down if you want to. You could power through this thing in thirty forty minutes you, you, if you just if you just blew through it. Now you you probably want to read it slower to actually you know get something out of it, um, whatever subtext there might be and, 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 and I, this and that. But yeah. uh, but it's it's not it's not a, a terribly dense comic book. Mm. You know, there are some there's some authors uh um and typically you know, I'm one of those that you know, hey, you know, the fewer words, you know, the more I'm feeling ripped off. But you know, not in this case. You know, it's like you know, you, you read something, you read something by I don't know, we'll just pick Bendis for no particular reason, but you know, you're reading Secret Invasion and like three pages go by before there's a word <laughs> balloon. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to flesh this out and make sure we get to 90 minutes here. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're good. No, and, I didn't mean... I but, but yeah, I mean, uh, just, the, you know, sometimes uh, uh, when you get uh, art that 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 isn't just, you know, packed and, and you know, wall-to-wall action and, you know, like I said, lots of lines and lots of density to the story and the art and whatever, you know, you feel like you're being cheated, you know, like a secret invasion. But uh, but in this, it just, it, it felt right. Um, it just, it felt uh, it felt easy. And, again, it just... I. I don't ordinarily use this word, but it was it was satisfying. Hey, um uh, uh, and uh, we've, got, uh, <clears throat> we've got a we've got a a guest here uh, with us right now. Um, hang on a second. <laughs> <I> Say, <said that. laughs> go ask my he dad. I that. Say, go ask my dad. there's my little man. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, he's he's good because if I whisper to him, then he whispers back. Hey, to professor, me, so. it's okay, huh? Yeah, it's
3: actually it's o- it's okay. Done. It's okay with us. You're a good kid.
0: Oh no, um, there's you know, there's I, great sadness there. Now. There are some, and when I say adult, I mean more. <laughs> there there are some some kind of more mature, mature things that happen in the story, not not of an adult nature, but just you have to be a little older to kind of understand what happens. it. Yeah. but I think like like yeah. a ten year old could probably would you say a ten? That'd be good for a ten year old and up. I you know yeah. I I don't know if I'd. Because there's well, a hospital scene that, that happens my, in the book. Yeah. And my
1: first thought is I I don't know if I'd want a ten year old to read this. Just not because there's anything you know truly inappropriate, but yeah. there's some fairly heavy subjects that yeah, come up. Yeah, there, there, there's some heavy subjects um, that happen. Uh, but uh, but the more I think about it, I mean, it, you know, if a kid's ever seen a stinking Disney movie, he's seen worse. Yeah. So it's true. You know, I mean. I mean you know what? What Disney movie doesn't have somebody's mom, you know, and or dad, you know, getting killed in the first act? So yeah. you know, not not that that happens. You know, it's emotionally you know, heavy. That's what emotionally yeah. mature at times. That, yeah. That's what I meant. And way. I'm not trying to say that in this, uh, the uh, the king lion uh, falls <laughs> uh, under the uh, the stampede of wildebeest and, and is killed or anything. That's not what I'm saying here. But I'm just trying to get the point across. And so hopefully, you know everybody what? out there, you know, gets that.
0: For for you out there listening, if you happen to be at your local comic book store, walk in. There's actually a small – there's there's a chance you may find the first volume of this yes. there because it was distributed. It wasn't widely distributed. Brad, you came across a, a stack one day, didn't yeah, you? Yeah,
3: so, I, I was going to tell David um, – I mean, I told him on Twitter, I think, but I was going to tell him now. I found four copies of Astronaut Dead Volume 1 where? at Zeus. Really? And it was during one of Zeus's 50% Zeus sales. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I bought – the four copies I already had a copy from my myself that I bought at the wizard world. Yeah. And, um, uh, I think I have one of those copies left. The other three mm-hmm. I sent out as goodies in yeah. uh, uh book sale packages okay. that I was prize packs. Yeah. You know, I'd sent nice. out a, a, a couple of goodies in there and some Good of the deal. packages got astronaut dad, vo- uh, volume
1: ones. So. All Brad brings me is beer. <laughs> I haven't heard you complain yet. <laughs> I'm not complaining now, baby. Um, yeah, good stuff. Okay. Well, uh, how about we wrap this up? Because we still got another episode. To do, do we, uh, we want to reconnoiter the equipment and uh, try a tweet? Or uh, should we mm-hmm. save that for next episode? I say we save it for next episode. Okay. The people are going to be
0: mad. You can't give them cake every episode, baby. You gotta, gotta got let cake. them want
1: it. I got cake every episode. i yeah, but you don't want to eat cake every episode because then you get
0: tired <laughs> of cake. You gotta let them want the cake. All righty then, we, right. we good.
1: Yeah, well, that
2: doesn't make sense.
1: What just you
0: just can't, can't give them? give steak every day. They'll expect steak oh, every you day.
1: Have
2: mental problems, man. <laughs>
1: yeah, you got mental problems, man. Yeah, it really does, man. <laughs> man. All oh, right. this is awkward.
0: All right, let's see. I'm looking for
1: boilerplate. Hey, by the way, uh, I was listening to the uh, uh, while Frank's uh, <laughs> desperately searching for the boiler point. Apparently, finding something he didn't expect to see on the internet. Um, no, <laughs> I, I'm listening to uh, big surprise. Listen to the Comic Con uh, episode um, uh, a day or two ago, and uh, uh, 42 minutes in, Frank gets the ladies to say bye half hour yeah, wasted, yeah. and man, if we don't need to turn that into a drop. Uh, maybe uh, that rolls right into uh, Sage's uh, thanking of Lint Biscuit, and then yeah, no, it's that's, over.
3: That's, uh, I, yeah, that was very cool. Frank yeah. can get anybody to talk. Yeah, can't you?
0: I I'd like to that's think like, I'm, I'm
3: that's good your mutant at power. To that's your mutant power. Yeah. Is that you can go walk up to anybody and then they can tell you their life story. Frank's
1: Frank's mutant power is being unabashed. I mean, I would, or yeah, something. I would, I would, yeah. That didn't I, really work, I guess.
0: Because I, I don't know, I don't mind talking to people. If they don't want to yeah. talk to me, that's fine. I walk away. But, it, you know, if you want to yeah. talk, let's talk. But. Uh, so what's going on? Uh, well, actually, when I was looking for Boilerplate, I found huh? my Futurama script. I wanted to write a, an issue of <laughs> Futurama. <laughs> and it's only a few lines long. You want to hear it? You mean like a comic?
1: Yeah, because there's a Futurama comic. Okay. Should we like gather around and like do uh, the voices or something? No. I mean, here's my...
0: Here, I'll just start reading. Dr. Zoyberg and Leela are sitting at a table. Leela has a cup of coffee that says, I heart you. The uh, I-E-Y-E, because she has one eye.
3: Oh, no. And Zoiberg
0: <laughs> has a coffee mug that says, Number two, Mom. Lila, she talks. That's when Fry told me that he really wasn't walking on sunshine. It was just a song. Zoyberg says... Humans always with their metaphors. Bender walks in with a wad of cash. Bender, what's up, losers? Leela says, nothing. Bender goes, I was talking to Zoidberg. Zoidberg beams with excitement. Zoidberg, the robot is talking to me. Hooray! That's as far as I got.
2: (laughs) Pause for laughter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm a big Futurama fan, so that that was my attempt at writing a script, but then I just stopped. There was an announcement last week.
3: That uh, Like the they're releasing all of Futurama as a complete yeah. DVD set or something? Yeah, but, but I have Futurama. all of
0: them. I mean, I have all the movies. I have all the episodes. Wow. So the only thing that would be different would be the cool case. You have all the
1: floppies. I have all the will Well, be, I, have,
3: I do get the comic books. So yeah. Will it be funnier in, uh, the, in this new collected edition? <laughs> I think that's I a guess the case question. will be funnier. But the actual content won't be funnier? Um. You, it's not like special edition or well, anything. Well, the colors will be uh, brighter.
0: You, you, you can't per, you can't improve on perfection, Brad, because that's what
1: Futurama. Wow. Is. Oh, okay. It's, it's perfection.
0: <laughs> nice. It makes me happy. Um, oh, we didn't announce the contest. You're such a
1: sucker for Matt Gronig, which is I, nice. Okay. Okay. And David X. What? Uh, what? Okay. What? What's his middle name? Well, h- David X? X. Cohen. His name is David no, Cohen. We, we announced the contest last week. Oh yeah, so I'm
0: repeating the contest. Uh real quick, someone already in Hollywood already had the name David Cohen and you can't oh, have the same. Really? So he had to put initial, <laughs> so he put X because he was mad about it. Okay. That's tremendous. So uh we have a contest. We're just repeating it. Yes. Uh send us three liners. Write a liner for for a half hour wasted. So that's what we're calling okay. it. Send us three liners and we'll choose the best of the three. Besides reading your liner. You will also be a show sponsor. So write the liners. So write liners in the subject line and send them to halfhourwasted at
3: gmail.com. And, Bill, what is a liner? Give us an
1: example like you did last
3: week. Yeah. A liner? You know, like at the beginning um, of the show, we opened with you doing a live liner. Yeah. The beginning yeah. of the last show.
1: Yeah, it would be something like, uh, you're home for fantasy football. There, there you go. go. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah.
3: Okay.
0: So send us three so. of those, and you know, if you happen, if we really like it, we'll we'll put on there. And we, then, we get to vote, right? Yeah, we get the vote. Okay. And um, you know, and then you know, we'll say that you also sponsored the show, so we'll get to read it, and we'll, then when we come out of it, we'll go. Mm-hmm. This show is sponsored by this listener, and nice. you can send us copy to read,
3: Mm-hmm. kind of like uh, Frank and I did a long time ago on uh, CGS. Remember that. Oh, CGS yeah. We, episode that we sponsored. Yeah. So we sent, we sent <laughs> Brian some copy to read. He said yeah. Because because you sent we the, the copy, copy points. points. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, you know, I emailed Brian Deemer and I said, Hey, how much does it cost to sponsor an episode of yeah. CGS? And he told me and I okay. said, Told Frank and I said, Let's do this. It'll be fun. You know, it sweet. was sweet. We were new to listening to the show right. and we kind of had gotten to know <laughs> some people on the board or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, the copy was for action
0: figures,
1: but you yeah, had no yeah. you had no agenda though. No, I mean, you weren't trying to sell anything. No, we just anything. wanted to
3: support the show and let them know they're fans. Sweet. And we like that we were fans and we liked the show. And <laughs> and uh, you know what? I wonder. If I, I I don't have it. I, I cleaned all a bunch of episodes I was going to play it, a little, but anyway. Uh, yeah, we just sent them some copy. Brian says, "Just send me something to read, and I'll read it." So yeah, we 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 talked about yeah, beautiful uh, the Frank. Edit this, Mister Flashlight. Action, action figures. figures. <laughs> I seem to remember mine.
0: Mine, you could put in exciting poses, such as sitting down or standing up.
1: Good. Uh-huh. good. And
0: I came with a cup of coffee. Mine came mm-hmm. with action bills. Action bills. That's right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: So your so your action figure could be prone or supine. Then. Yeah. Good. Actually, yeah. I
3: think it, I think it also bent at the waist.
1: Okay. To, to reenact the. Um,
3: something about your... But Frank, like, I mean,
1: I can tell by looking at him that his action figure was fully articulated.
3: It was. <laughs> the, um, one of the CGS segments that they used to do and have started doing again recently was uh, the Call Me. Segment. Oh, yeah. I was at work one night Okay, actually typing up a review, writing out a review of Wizard World 05, my first con ever. Wow. And I was in the restroom and my pants started vibrating. Oh, no. And... It was the Comic Geek Speed guys calling me. They were recording an episode, so we did a little call me segment. The point is, the whole segment was done with me sitting on the toilet. Nice. <laughs> and so part of the copy was, you know, reenact the moment in episode blah, 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 yeah, and the that's CGS right. guys called Brad in the bathroom or whatever. So, so did, anyway. you like,
1: did you flush the toilet or anything? Did you give it away? <laughs> no, no, he didn't. No, but at he the didn't. end, we, um, I,
3: I said something like, can you guys guess where I am? Okay, and it was, I think it was Jamie D
1: or somebody you said tell about, by the acoustics. Yeah, so there's, about, there's an echo in there or something. And, darn right, there is yeah. a lot of a lot of flat surfaces. One of my favorite things too. If if anybody ever calls me and I'm in the restroom, usually it's like a public restroom, right? You know, if you're doing your, you know your thing in your house, you're probably not gonna have your phone you know right next to you. But but yeah, um, yeah. If I'm in a public restroom and somebody calls, I'll answer the phone. I'll talk to them, and I'll make sure uh, you know I'll I'll let a we'll pause happen in the conversation. I go, Hey, listen to this. And then I'll hold the phone up to the toilet and flush it. Just, just give it full face.
2: You know,
0: I like it when guys I've done that walk- to Terry,
1: like twice. It's great. I love it when guys are in,
0: <laughs> in the restroom and they're trying to be discreet. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're talking on the phone, but they're trying to, to be quietly. And then when
3: I see that, I just flush the toilet. Just oh yeah. Was, you know, it's just- that must be, they must not do that at, uh, at my building because every time I'm in the restroom and, there's a guy in the stall. He doesn't care who's in the the bathroom with him. He's That's just amazing. talking like it's no big deal. Wow. Yeah, I should be there at five. <laughs> you know, it's not like he's trying to hide it
0: or whatever. I've seen that a couple times. Usually it's in restaurants or stuff. It's just yeah. like, I don't know.
3: I've done that to my brother. Like he'd call me and <laughs> I'm like, hey Kevin, and then I yeah. flush it.
1: You put that sucker down the yep. bowl. Dang mm-hmm. danger, submerge it, dude.
0: You're gonna <laughs> d- Karma's is gonna get you, and that thing's gonna fall in one day. You got you, you know. At least hold it no,
1: away, I did, dude. I got, I got kung fu grip, <laughs> just like GI Joe. So okay. Did,
3: did we talk? I mean, did you give all the details about? Yeah, that? I think we did. And plus, our, we, plus, we did in the first show anyway. Okay.
1: Yes. And we're still recording, right? Yeah, we need to. Yeah, so that's let's wrap this up. Sign.
0: All right. Thank you for listening to Half Hour Waste. Be sure to check us out. You know all this stuff. You know how to get what? a hold of us. Halfourwaste at gmail.com. Frank at halfourwaste.com.
3: There you go. 972
1: 798 3830.
3: All right, guys. See you next week on The Half Hour Waste. Did you? I it? Bye, Bye,
0: Half
3: Hour Waste.